Right. The topic on the table today is club cricket. If you're in the UK, your club cricket season has finished, although you might be dabbling in a little bit of indoor cricket or perhaps for the very keen amongst us having some form of indoor training. But over the other side of the world, the cricket season is in in swing or full swing um, down under. And that's why I'm interested to hear from Sean, who's joining me, a little bit about what that experience is. So first of all, I'll say actually say hello to Sean. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah not too bad at all. So where are we at the moment, middle of October, in terms of the Aussie club season? Yeah, so for me um, personally, so I play in the WA <coughs> Western Australian Premier Cricket Competition um, for Melville Cricket Club, um, and we're at round three now. So um, we start the season with four one days. Um, so yeah, three games into that, um, and then we'll sort of um, move into two day cricket, um, which is sort of ninety overs aside, um, which can be Saturday Sunday, but it's primarily over two weekends, um, I guess it's important because it's it sort of for for guys that are aspiring to play at the next level, it is the step down. So people get picked for, for Western Australia um, from from our grade cricket basics. So it's a little bit of a different setup um, to England where it's you're probably not getting picked um, for club cricket because I guess from when I've been there, there's just it's sort of you're either in a county squad or, or you're not. Um, where you have the chance here to actually play your way into into first class cricket, so um, so yeah, it's it's obviously a really important time, and um, the state cricket season is going as well. Um, but yeah, so round three in, it's amazing how how quickly it all comes about, and um, you're into the, into the thick of it. Yeah, now that's made me think of, of something. A conversation that I had a lot this summer, I think particularly this summer compared to pre-COVID, was about availability of players in, in club cricket. And really, wherever I went, you'd have a captain or a cricket chairman here in England saying they've never known anything like it for how, how difficult it's been to get, get players out. Um how much does that happen when you have this two-day cricket? Because we think here it's hard enough to maybe get 11 people to go and play a one-off, if you like, on a Saturday, but then committing to back-to-back weekends. Mm. What, is there, has there been a similar thing where you've seen availability not being as good or is it as strong as ever? I think the challenge that's arisen as time, I guess as we're getting to modern society, there's, there's a lot of distraction, a lot of different things for people to do. Um, so what the probably the trend that we've seen, well, I've noticed um, since I started is the competitions we've got a lot younger. Um, so it's 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 becoming harder to sort of um, keep, I guess, mid-20s to pushing into the 30-year-olds in, in grade cricket because of the, of the commitment. And it's just, um, yeah, which is, I don't know the exact reason, but, but I think, yeah, that's that has been a challenge, the shift in um, trying to keep the competition as strong as it can be by keeping the best players um, involved because obviously it gets to a point where if someone's aspiring to play for Western Australia or Australia, they're happy to make that commitment. But once they've sort of seen that, that window shut, um, 
then the challenge has been keeping them in in grade cricket, which is obviously yeah, a huge commitment. You've got two nights a week and then potentially you might be playing Saturday, Sunday, or you might be playing Saturday, Saturday. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge in that sense, but um, I guess you're still getting, still getting the numbers. We still get 30, 40, even to training, um, let alone games. So um, there's still the thirst for it. But yeah, I guess maybe different to England. It's just been trying to keep the standard as high as it possibly can be. And I guess we, when we look over Australia and hear about the grade or premier competitions, that they're almost hard to imagine in the UK because we do have the ECB Premier Leagues, where I think I'm imagining they set them up as an attempt to try and replicate as far as possible what happens Mm. in Australia but for one reason or another even though the standard can be really strong at the very top Mm. perhaps there's not that that sort of depth um as it as it goes along so you mentioned training and getting the sort of numbers of people there Mm. nights a week um is it is it the case that selection is very much based around people not just turning up but but putting in the hard work at training because we often, and I speak with my uh, one of my old hats on as a cricket chairman, uh, thankfully now years ago, where I would be tearing my hair out about training and 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 sort of maybe wanting a different thing to what the players wanted as well, and yeah. thinking selection should be based a, a lot on 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 attendance at training, and we look yeah. over to earlier and think people manage to make that link. Is that accurate, though, or was I just sort of inventing something that I wanted us to aspire to? Yeah, well, I think what I guess Premier Cricket's been able to to do, because um, I actually played Premier Cricket in Melbourne as well, and even there, the level of commitment um, and what was expected of you was probably even higher than it got to another level. Um, but I think what um, I guess culturally being able to maintain this attitude that if you are going to play premier cricket, whether it is first, second, third or fourth grade, um, yeah, it's almost expected that you, you've made that commitment that um, that you stick to it. I think as the grades get, as you work down the grades, the commitment level is obviously um, not, there's, there's more sort of leeway given, but um, it's amazing how it's sort of, it's sort of just a cultural um, thing that's that's expected um that's why I think a lot of people that don't play like I've got mates that don't play and they they just they struggle to grasp the level of commitment um but it's yeah it's just it's strange it's just something that that it's sort of you you're brought up with and then it's just what's expected um and that's why it's important for clubs to I guess to create a really good environment um cricket wise and socially which is what um, my club has done really well, um, but it is a challenge. That's why trying to harness sort of, I guess, 44 cricketers that are fully committed um, and are sort of bought into a, into a sort of a higher purpose in a sense culture is really tough. And then I've, I've, I've experienced it in England where I think they've just never been able to probably grasp that. I think certain clubs or teams might do it, but um, as a club, I think, yeah, I think for some reason in Australia, I don't know. It's just, it's just always been that way, and you either commit or you don't. <laughs> it's that sort of the attitude, I guess. Yeah, and 
I hear what you're saying there about the sort of environment needing to to be right. Otherwise, you know, sort of why would people want to to do that? Mm. So does that look like from the perspective at a club like Melville, where you're there still wanting to put in all those hours because it's the right place to do it in? Yeah, I think um, what I'm lucky, I haven't experienced any other sort of cricket in Perth, but what Melville does is it's amazing how much time and effort people are putting in, not only into cricketers now, but um, I know the club provides <clears throat> um, a sort of, we provide like cultural workshops, um, chances for people to sort of be on the committee for young players. Like there's a lot of effort that's going into trying to make them really good people as well and trying to um, not just provide a cricket club, they're trying to provide, yeah, more than that. And I think we're doing it really well. Uh, we've led the way in sort of social media, um, like our junior setup, like we had our season launch the other day and it was it was packed. So putting just a lot of effort into trying to um, make a really, really sort of special family environment. And I know growing up at Melville, because I was there since I was six years old, where it's come from and where it is now, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think a lot of the young guys sort of feel, they feel the effort that people put into them. Um, and that's sort of what motivates me now to play and um, is to just to try and give as much as I can to them, just to try and make it as as enjoyable and and I guess if I can help sort of produce a, a state cricketer or Australian cricketer, that's good, but trying to produce good blokes and, um, yeah, and just make it make it as make it as I'm what I try to push on to them is that it's important in your life to have things that you're connected to um I feel so that's what I, I try and put to them it's not just a career club it's it's a place that you can come and feel a strong connection to and um I think we're slowly slowly getting there and um yeah if if you came and saw it some of the things that you'd see it's it it would probably shock a lot of people in England the level of effort and time and and resources that go into club cricket yeah even just listening to that sort of having my mind's eye an image of of what that would look like and and how much people can get from it and you mentioned connection there and when we talk Mm. about well-being and mental fitness that's right at the very heart of it Mm. I guess it needs to be when you're putting in over, say, a two-day game, such a lot of time. Um, what is it that that you feel within a team, and that's not necessarily the whole club, but within an eleven, contributes to making that a special place to be? So from from over to over, if you like. Yeah, uh, yeah. So as I said, like we've had. Um... They've put a lot of time into um, – so we have these, yeah, I'd probably call them cultural sessions um, where we try and actually sort of make it clearer what we're actually trying to do to become, I guess, closer as a club, but which obviously ultimately we want to lead to towards success. So um, we, we come up with um, certain values um, and sort of provide – what's it's been yeah it's been pretty pretty special to see how once you provide those environments where you're you're promoting honesty promoting promoting culture that 
people feel confident to start talking um talking about things and um i know that's something that i've tried to do as sort of a leader in the club is is try and make myself uh as honest and as vulnerable as i can to try and make the younger guys feel comfortable sharing however they might feel or so i think my point is we're trying to create an environment where where everyone feels it, yeah that you're getting closer as people and that's what we're trying to because talent isn't always going to get you there so we're trying to get get everyone to to really get behind each other um promote conversations promote um people being themselves and, and ultimately yeah we're hoping that will help get the sort of success on the field if that makes any makes sense yeah definitely yeah, yeah. uh that's sort of the, the 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 aim isn't it like the the thing which we put out there trying to get the right blend of the the well-being and the unity and leading that through to successes on the pitch because that's after all why we're involved in in any sport how does slightly different tactic how does the intensity within a game compare to the other types of cricket that you've played whether that be club cricket or your first class cricket or even the international stuff where does it sit because i get an image um mm. from having spoken to people who've played in different ones of the premier competitions in australia that you can be involved in games which are not only a very high standard but particularly intense and i'm i'm, I'm really mm-hmm. tough to be able to navigate through yeah no definitely i think i think in all honesty, I think that sort of eased off a little bit as, as, as I said, the competition's got a lot younger. Um, so, so now you've got a lot of guys that are, it happens at our club a bit. We've got such talented guys, but they're probably playing a little bit before their time. Um, as when I was sort of growing up, the team was so strong, you almost had to earn your spot a little bit more. So, but yeah, so that's been a massive shift in terms of, the demographic is just so much younger now. So you, there's probably not as much aggro on the field because guys are probably in their shells a little bit. Um, but it's still it's still a very intense environment because, as you say, you've got guys not only coming back from state cricket, like Cameron Bancroft or he scored 140 for his club side last week. So if they're not playing state cricket, they're expected to play um, no matter who you are to play um to play great cricket so um the more guys you have like that involved then yeah the sort of the standard and the intensity does rise but to, yeah typical australians there's there's the odd game where you yeah you're getting stuck into each other <laughs> that's uh, that's just it's just become the norm um i remember i think probably when i was growing up it probably used to go too far i think that there's been a better balance now and the culture in australia um probably since um all the stuff with the sandpaper and all that stuff where I think there's been a bit of a cultural shift and sort of that bravado sort of has become a little less. Um, and I think that's been a really good thing. I remember when I was growing up, I think sometimes it was just a bit a bit ridiculous. Um, and I think England's always done that a little bit better in terms of being a little bit more respectful on the field. But, yeah, I probably grew up in that real period where it was – just a bit brutal sometimes. I think that's just how they were, Australian people were brought up to play and that's sort of 
getting bored out of the game a little bit now. Yeah. So would you, is it possible to make a comparison between the, I guess the skill as well as the mental difficulty of playing at that standard compared to your experiences when you've been in England and away with Ireland? Yeah, I think, um, I guess it's always, it's always hard. Like you've got, when you've got people playing for, for careers and, and playing for um, as a job, then there's always that level of intensity that, that rises. Um, so I remember playing, obviously, first-class stuff for Hampshire and I think it was almost a good sounding board for me, my sort of growing up in Australia. I never, I, was, I felt like I dealt with intense situations a bit, a bit better um, and sort of going up levels never really phased me. Um, but trying to sort of the comparison, I guess what I try to tell them, the Melville guys a little bit, but because I want them to try and play as high as they can, um, trying to harness that sort of first class energy and intensity, it, there's still a massive gap um, between that and, and, and even club cricket here. Um, and I think that's just, that just comes from the level of players that if you're playing in a first class game, you've just got a bunch of people who are in that, I guess, in that area, they're the best around, whether it's best in the county or best in, in England or when I played for Ireland, um, you, we got, we got exposed to, obviously I got exposed to Australia and South Africa. So you, you're just playing against some, some unbelievable cricketers. So naturally the intensity is just going to, going to be a lot higher. Um, so yeah, I found that real challenge trying to come back and trying to just sort of preach that to the guys that there still is a huge gap between club cricket and first class and then international cricket. So managing that, that the different experiences and I suppose it could be a temptation for some who are coming sort of back down to it to be complacent or or feel like they they've they've got it sussed when each game's different and there's hungry young players or players who are looking for a really good workout who've come down from a state or uh, international career. Um, mm. What what I suppose mentally then what skills do you prioritise when you're in the environment that you're that you're in now to make sure that you're still playing at your best even though you'll have somewhere in your head that you've been tested more than you are at the moment. Yeah, to be completely honest, it's probably always been a little bit of a, a weakness of mine. Probably even when I played club cricket in England, I, it was never an ego thing when I went down and didn't perform. When I didn't perform, it was probably because I put too much pressure on myself. So I probably always found the step up easier because there was probably that um, – you probably played with a little bit more freedom and um, just let your instinct go. Where I've never really been particularly strong at um, going down the level because I I just put too much too much pressure on myself. I I wanted to be so I've always admired those guys that um, that have been able to come down and and still maintain that same level of performance. Um, I've always tried to sort of harness it, um, but never sort of found. I never really found the way to, to do it. Like we had Adam Voges who played test cricket for Australia and he played for Melville, but every time he came to play for Melville, he would, he would score runs, score hundreds um, and dominate. Um, 
Whereas for me, I was never the player he was, but if, say, if I was playing for Hampshire and I went and played Southern Premier League, I, I had good days, and um, but consistency probably wasn't there just because I, yeah, I probably got a bit tense. And um, so it's a, it's a real challenge to try and, try and come down and dominate um, without putting too much pressure on yourself to be the, to be the main guy. Um, I suppose there's also the expectations of others who see mm. in a name and we, we, everyone watching or playing or involved in a, in a club can be guilty of seeing a particular person's name and thinking, well, if they're not getting 50 plus or Pfeiffer, then, you know, what's the deal here? There must be something. Yeah. And, and I still, and I still feel that at Melbourne, that's still a challenge for me where I'm probably not training to the level that I used to, or, but I still want to, I still want to set an example and still want to perform. And even now I still have that trouble where trying to, trying to maintain that sort of level, I guess that, that really the optimal level of sort of um, arousal, I guess, is, is probably what I had to put it down to. Like I, like even this week I, I got runs last week, got 89 and played really well. But then on the weekend, was, was really down and, and just played played poorly and then but so then I spent the next night and day feeling a bit flat because I was like because the the efforts the the intents there but sometimes it just it doesn't work out that way and that's something that I've always struggled with to to just deal with that sort of expectation at the level below um, to be consistent and dealing with expectations whether they're internal or projected from others is a massive part of cricket, but probably our, our lives in, in general. But cricket mm. must be able to give us some really good tools and lessons that we can a- apply to be able to do that better. So although it is very much a work in progress, what have, do you feel has helped you to be able to if you like, bounce back to go on to the next game after having one where you do feel flat because you haven't done as well as you'd hoped? Yeah, I think for me it's been not trying to ignore, I guess, ignore the feelings or ignore the pressure or but having that that ability to to be aware of, of how you feel and and sort of and work at it that way. Uh, whereas before I'd probably try to suppress all the feelings and uh, I guess for me, honesty is actually probably been the best thing, actually being honest and being okay with the fact that, you know what, I do feel a lot of pressure. I do feel a lot of expectation. That's why I feel this way. Um, let's try find a way to, to, to deal with that and, and overcome it as opposed to trying to avoid it um, and pretend that it's not there. <laughs> um, so for me, and I think that's been a massive area in my whole life, actually being really honest about, about how I feel. Because I think once you're honest and you can share that with, with people, then it's, it's there, it's out in the open. It's not this sort of dark cloud hanging over, hanging over your head where you, you're trying to almost pump your ego up and, and things like that. So I think for me in general and just dealing with cricket in general and life in general, that's been huge for me. So like when I was young, I used to get out, blow up, throw my kit. Um, but now because I've sort of, I'm honest with myself, I understand 
myself a bit better, understand my mental state, understand that cricket is a tough game. I found that now people are really surprised with how I deal with sort of getting out, I guess, like I just come in, take my pads off. And, and I think that's just come from experience. Like I've, I've experienced all these things and I'm not trying to, yeah, I, that's just for me, I've, I, I understand what I'm dealing with now. Um, and um, yeah, you can't, you can't sort of, these things are always going to be there. Pressure is always going to be there. Anxiety is going to be there. It's about acknowledging it, trying to find ways to deal with it. That's, that's what I've found has, has helped me. But yeah, as I say, I still have, I still feel, feel flat when I perform badly, uh, but it's not like this emotional roller coaster that it used to be for me. Yeah. And I, I guess that those, those feelings like being flat or disappointed after something doesn't go to, to plan or doesn't go as well as one would hope, we can sometimes want to resist that and think, oh, no, I shouldn't feel like that. I should be able to deal with it better. But sometimes I find at least the, that honesty that you talk about can be insane. I'm allowed to be like disappointed or experience a setback. It's yeah. then easier to sort of navigate through from there. Yeah, definitely. And I try and I try and tell the guys that obviously I have direct um, contact with now at Melbourne. I, I try and be as honest as I can about what I feel, what I've felt in the past to try and just make them feel a little bit more comfortable about some of the things that they <clears throat> may be feeling about uh, or feeling inside. Because I know when growing up, that's just not the way it was done. You sort of had to pretend that you were you were feeling good all the time or feeling strong or didn't want to show weakness where I guess I'm trying to, in my own small way, trying to tell them that weakness is just part of, <clears throat> well, weakness isn't the wrong word, but that sort of vulnerability and, and things that you feel that's just normal and they're not going to go, they're not going to go away. You just have to find ways to, um, yeah, to deal with them because the more you try and push it down, the harder it's going to be. And that's probably what I learned to be, I guess, really successful at cricket or get where I wanted to go um, at a more consistent level. I probably just learned that too late, um, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, that's I guess that's my way now to, to try and get these guys to sort of fast track their journey to get where I wish I got to quicker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'll finish off with, with two questions. Hopefully don't put you on the spot too much for these. Yeah. But the first one is, and I kind of touched on this through what we've been discussing uh, already, but at the point you're at now, plenty of cricket behind you, and I'm sure plenty ahead for as long as you want it. Why is it in 2022-23 season, if you could explain to someone why you're still playing, what is the big draw to it still for you now? Um, for me... I still want, I still like competing. Um, but I guess for me, a massive motivation is to be around, around these guys and try and share some of my experiences. That's a, that's a definitely a major, um, major motivator. But I think it is important, as I said before, like having a connection to, to a club. And, um, for me, that's also really important. Like I definitely flirted with the idea of probably not playing this year. Um, but for me, just having that sort of connection to, to the club and, and making sure I was still trying to get <clears throat> get some get something out of myself and 
um, and try and make a difference to yeah to to others. Um, I think that's that's been a focus for me with my cricket and also with, in life, um, trying to I guess have a po- positive influence on on others. Where I guess growing up trying to play cricket professionally is sort of very internally focused. Um, so yeah, that's my sort of mantra going forward. I guess I'm trying to sort of obviously I want to worry about myself, but I want to try and make an impact on <clears throat> other people's lives a little bit more. Yeah, brilliant. And the last one, standard kind of kind of question when you're asking someone about the cricket that they've played. Um, given that the Premier Cricket in WA is, is is if it's not the strongest standard of club cricket in in the world, it's right up there. From your experience, who's the most impressive player that you've come across? And that can be really in any sort of way you'd like to define it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was lucky enough at, I guess, grade cricket, <clears throat> played against some some really good ones. Um, trying to think about, trying to think about who I played against in grade cricket. I think I think playing with Vogesy at that level, Adam Voges was he's an unbelievable, unbelievable player, and he was someone I grew up with. Um, thinking he was just unbelievable. Um, and then um, I was lucky enough at Hampshire just to play with um, some such good players, Simon Kadic, Neil McKenzie, um, Michael Carberry was a brilliant player. Um, but I guess playing <clears> – <throat> so, yeah, Neil McKenzie for me was someone that – he's a bit of a name. Like he played, I think, 50, 60 tests for South Africa. But for me, he was just such a beautiful player, great bloke. Um, so he was someone that I probably enjoyed with playing with the most, um, definitely. Yeah, so a bit of an ex- obscure name there. Um, all cricket fans will know Neil McKenzie, but um, I used to love sort of being around him and, and watching how he went about it. Yeah, okay, good to get someone that maybe wouldn't have come to mind uh, if we were looking from the outside in. Yeah. So- that um great to chat i'll let you get back to uh what i'm sure is a very busy house at the moment (laughs) yeah yeah, brilliant mate and good luck with the games that are coming up thank you very much mate